Well, that was the opening music to Holiday Inn, released in 1942, and starring Bing Crosby, Fred Astaire, Marjorie Reynolds, uh, Virginia Dale, Walter Abel, and I. It really interested to talk about Louise Beavers as well as Mammy. She was in a lot of movies back in the late 30s and the 40s. Excellent actor. She pretty much always played the same role, though. I was reading about her. It's really interesting. Yeah, she did. Yeah. And you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews, and you can find us on the internet at www.classicmoviereviews.net or in Facebook. Just search for the whole thing, classicmoviereviews.net. And in Apple Podcast, uh, you can find us, look for Classic Movie Reviews. I was looking at, there's another podcast called Classic Movie Reviews. Uh, we're the one with just the black and white logo. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, there's two of us out there. We've almost been doing our show for the same amount of time. But uh, yeah, we're not the other one. We're, we're our own podcast. And the distinguishing feature is this .net. Yeah. Yeah, and, and apparently the other show uh, is Movie Reviews with Snark. We don't, I don't know if I would describe uh, it. I think we take ourselves a little bit more, or a little bit less snarky. <laughs> I try to save my snarky for other things. Yeah, yeah. It's not to say that we're uh, not snarky, maybe just not as much on the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm coming to you from uh, what's turned out to be a pretty rainy and windy december so far and i'm bob johnson from los angeles welcoming you all back to classic movie reviews um this film was was very successful directed by mark sandwich sandwich who has uh, some children that are in the business still he did a, he did a lot of uh fred astaire uh and ginger roger films back in the 30s top hat from 1935 and others uh, our film, Holiday Inn, was released in New York on August 4th, 1942, and uh, it's starring Bing Crosby, who's won Academy Awards, been nominated for Academy Awards. I read where, at one point at the height of his career, back in the 1940s, on radio, it was estimated there were 80,000 songs played each week on radio, or maybe it was each day. And he he was in half of them. Oh my God! He was he was play his songs and his voice were heard everywhere. I can remember growing up with hearing his songs so much I thought he was a part of the family. <laughs> my my mom and dad really liked really liked him. And then Fred Astaire, wow, what a dancer! Nancy and I often have discussions around whether Fred Astaire uh, was the best dancer or was it Gene Kelly. They're quite different in their styles, but boy, Mr. Astaire was an exceptional talent. Yeah, I think it really comes out in this movie. There's two two dance scenes that I was super impressed with. I mean, all of the dancing was great, but there was the one where he was drunk. And, <laughs> yes. you know, it was kind of reminded me of like Jackie Chan's Drunken Master uh, movie where, oh. you know, there's like this whole style of drunken martial arts, but this was like drunken dancing. It was so entertaining to watch. Wow. Well, he is. He, I, I guess uh, from what I've heard from some people that I know that live here, he lived in uh, Beverly Hills, 
And oftentimes when he went to the post office to get his mail, he would dance in the post office, little dance steps. Oh, that's awesome. Now, that would be something, wouldn't it? You're at the post office, and here comes Fred Astaire. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know you. And then, of course, the music from Irving Berlin. What? Oh, my. What a, there's, he's written so many songs, it's hard to re, recall them all, but just three that come to mind. God Bless America, mm-hmm. Easter Parade, and, of course, White Christmas along with hundreds of others. Yeah, I was reading about White Christmas, wow. and uh, it was written for this movie, but it was written before the movie started filming, and there was some controversy over whether the song could be included in the running for best song in the Oscars, uh, because apparently oh, it had okay. been played on the radio before the movie had come out, or, or something like that, but there was, it ended up being able to be included, and I think, did it, did it win? I don't know. I I didn't find any. I didn't look up anything on that. Oh, okay. He's. I I think uh, my friend my friend uh, the actor that I meet on Friday said it's the number one selling song even now, or the number one played song. I'm not sure which. Uh, and it's sold hundreds, hundreds of thousands, if not hundreds of millions of recordings. Oh, I'm sure it's in it. the millions. Yeah. Yeah, but whether it won an Academy Award, I don't know. I'm looking here. The winner, Best Music, Original Song for White Christmas. Yeah, it won. It won in 1943 for that for that song. I would have voted for it, I tell you. Well, the other um, wow. couple other things I was reading was that uh, uh, Bing Crosby wasn't all that impressed with that song <laughs> when he first... No, that's, that's what my actor friend said, that he and Irving Berlin thought that the big hit from that would be, would be Be Careful, It's My Heart. Yeah. Which is a beautiful song. But... Hello, boys. Hello. Hi, Union. Played up cards here tonight. Where's the surprise? Ah, uh-huh, right here. Little home cooking I whipped up. Beautiful. Be careful, it's my heart. No, I ain't kidding either. I wrote this just for you, honey. Not the note I sent you that you quickly burn. It's not the book I lent you that you never return. Remember. They had no idea that White Christmas was going to be. And of course, during the war, I think it had an even bigger impact with millions of people overseas fighting. Well, I think that's why, because it was, it's such a um, sentimental song. And if you're if you're over in Europe or in the South Pacific or somewhere fighting in World War II, and you have this song to listen to, that's really going to probably take you back to wanting to be at home. With, you know, thinking about a white Christmas. I, I I agree totally. Uh, I love the, I love it. Um, uh, before I forget well, the, the other the other dance uh, number that Fred Astaire did was that one with the fire fireworks. <laughs> yes, with all those poppers. <laughs> yeah, that was that holy was fun, smokes. That was fun to watch. I had only seen this movie once before, so it was refreshing to to watch it again. And 
I'd have to say I really liked all of it except one dance segment, which uh, was the blackface routine. Oh, that was so hard to watch. I, I have to actually say I had to fast. I, I kind of like hit the little skip 30 seconds ahead button on my phone when I was watching it because I couldn't. I just couldn't. And Well, I, I, I looked up some uh, information on it. Uh, and, of course, blackface was so common we even saw it a little bit in the jazz singer with uh, yeah. We talked and we talked about it during that episode. So I don't, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I just thought it was a, I, it was interesting that they use it as a plot device. You know, it was like now don't worry, we'll find her. If I see her from the back again, I'll recognize her. It's kind of a roundabout way to go out of it. Let's try it. Are you decent? Yes, come in. What's that? Uh, well, I thought it over, and I believe if our number would go a little better in blackface. Oh, I thought we were going to do it like this. Well, that's before, uh, before I thought it over. I look terrible in this stuff. No. I don't even know how to put it on. I'll put it on for you. I broke in as a bootblack, you know. Here we go. Oh. For a month and a half, I've been dreaming how pretty I was going to look tonight. Well, here's my punishment for thinking so well of myself. Oh, you'll have plenty of times to be pretty. And I was just going to ask you if you'd like to be in the rest of the shows out here. You were? Will you? Will I? Fifteen nights a year, Cinderella steps into her pumpkin coach and becomes queen of Holiday Inn. Yeah. I, I reread the I read the beginning nineteen eighties uh, broadcast of the film had in, and had admitted the Abraham musical number. Well, then it went on. To, Turner Classic Movies has a policy of showing uncut and unedited films from any era where they show the film, and uh, so they've left that number in. But other uh, like AMC used to be uh, also uh, commercial commercial free in its early days. But when they went to a commercial setup, they they uh, deleted it. Oh, interesting! And a lot of it, a lot of it is to avoid uh, the the objections, which rightfully so, I think, uh, that would come out of that. On principle, I agree with what Turner Classic Movies is doing. Like you should show the film uncut, like it's of its time, and it, I think it it kind of pro- provides an opportunity to have a discussion about why that's so offensive. Um, so I think that's good. But I was also thinking about, you know, what would I want to sit down and like plop this movie in and watch it with my family on, a, on, you know, leading up to Christmas or during the holidays. And I was thinking probably not. Like I probably wouldn't just say, Hey, let's watch holiday in with that scene in it. Cause it's just, it just sort of like leaves a bad feeling, uh, you know, it's, and it's pretty much halfway in, in the, in the film, halfway through the film. And then I was just sort of like left with a bad feeling after that particular scene. But then I was thinking, you know, if you just completely took it out, it really doesn't change the movie at all. Like it's, it's totally not necessary to be in the film. I don't think. I, I agree. It, 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 well, I guess it's uh, for me. It's a window into nineteen 
well, into our history, our country's yeah. history. Yeah. And uh, it also, when I when I uh, watched it for the second time, I thought, man, oh man, it, it makes this film for me not as enjoyable as White Christmas, the film that we viewed, totally, we viewed last year. Totally. There's a couple as things a that I there's a couple things about it that make it less enjoyable than White Christmas. But this is one of the, this is the big one. Did you have a Did you have a uh, favorite uh, uh, scene where they were celebrating the different holidays? One that yeah, really the, was your, the, was your favorite? the the one that I really really liked was the Fourth um, of July one when they showed the film from the production lines of building planes and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. Freedom, freedom, here comes the freedom man. On this day of independence, on this independence day, listen to an American troubadour from the USA. I'm singing a song of freedom. For all people who cry out to be free Free to sail the seven seas Free to worship as we please If the birds up in the trees can be free Why can't we? I love that one. And I thought it was so, again, it was like a window into 1942. And, you know, looking at it now, it just seems historical, but I was thinking about watching this film in the theater in 1942, and that would have been really impactful, I think. Totally so. That's the one I liked uh, as well as the best one coming out of the movie. Although a close a close uh, second was when uh, Bing Crosby was playing uh, and saying, Be careful, it's my heart. I, that, I think that song is really... A lovely song and very poignant. And I hadn't heard it for a long time. Yeah, that was a good song. That was a good... I think that song in the context of the movie was, was really, really good. And I and I wanted to talk about, like, Bing's characters. And his name was um, Jim Hardy. Uh, Jim, Jim Hardy, yeah. Yeah, and then Fred Astaire plays Ted Hanover. Marjorie Reynolds plays Linda Mason. Virginia Dale plays uh, Lila Dixon. And Walter Abel plays Danny Reed, and then uh, Louise Beavers plays Mammy. Yeah, the the very the whole the whole kind of plot is set up in the first scene where Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire's characters are kind of vying for Virginia Dale's heart, you know, like and yeah. and Ted Hanover wants to stay in showbiz in New York, and Jim Hardy wants to go live in Connecticut on a farm, and. Lila Dixon is kind of having to choose between the two. Well, this is our last night in show business. Some feeling, huh? Some feeling. I got the ring and the license. Honey, we're ready. Oh. Say, there's a hook left over at the top here. Should that be? Oh, never mind that, dear. I'll take care of it. Jim. Huh? I think that tie is terrible. Who cares? Tomorrow I'm a farmer. You'd better go change it. Listen, honey, when you flip on those twinkle toes, who's going to be looking at my tie? You only have five minutes. Hurry. Okay. I'm on my way.
What'd he say? I didn't tell him. Why not? We love each other. You want to continue dancing. I know, but he gets a look. Oh, he's always had that look. It doesn't mean anything emotionally. It has something to do with his liver. Simply tell him you've made a mistake. You don't want to give up your career and live on a farm. But he's already bought the farm. And the license. And the ring. Oh, I can't tell him. All right, I will. Right after our number. Listen, darling. Don't weaken. Think of our life together. Think of diamonds. Of sables. Of your own little penthouse. Is that a promise? Well, just uh, think about them for the time being. <clears throat> and that's just sort of like what happens throughout the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. And I I found it really interesting when they pulled back near the end of the movie and they showed the actual Holiday Inn. Oh, that was right cool. On the, right on the set of uh, in Paramount Studios. And you know it that's, looks so real. Well, you know that's exactly the set that they used to film those Holiday Inn scenes. And then they like, it's kind of yeah. meta that they then are filming a movie about Holiday Inn and they show that set. That was cool. And I, w- I was wondering, did they just roll it over to the next soundstage to do White Christmas 10, 15 years later? I got to say that the fake snow looks super real. And uh, I was reading that it, it's, it was a form of a, asbestos. Oh, my God. Really? And and apparently, oh, depending Lord. on Ooh. who who does the study, it's it's either considered to not be that dangerous or it's considered that all asbestos is dangerous and that you shouldn't, you know, be around any kind. And I was just thinking that was a ton of that fake snow that they had on set. You know, you look at these films from 70 years ago and it's like things have changed so much now in terms of environmental things and safety. A lot of asbestos was used throughout home building. Oh, yeah. And every place else. Well, and that's why you always, like, have to be careful when you're remodeling an old home because you never know if you're oh. going to run into it, like, wrapped around a pipe or used for other kinds of insulation. So We're, I jumped back a little bit to the uh, to the July segment, the 4th of July segment. Apparently, when they were filming the uh, movie, they were about halfway through when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. And so, as a result, they expanded that uh, 4th of July segment uh, beyond Fred Astaire's firecracker dance to include the patriotic number that highlights the strength of the U.S. military. They, that was a direct result of Pearl Harbor. Mm, that's cool. So that, it, it is. Uh, then the other, <laughs> the other thing I was thinking is they missed some of the holidays. <laughs> they didn't cover them all. But then I thought, well, they, they wanted to keep the movie reasonably short, not three hours. Yeah, so anyway. they, well, there was fifteen that he would do. He would open the hall. Well, we should talk about the plot a little bit more. So, yeah, we kind of so we kind of started off by saying that uh, Jim Hardy and Ted Hanover have different goals with their careers. Like Ted is really driven to be a hundred percent in sh- show business, and Jim has this idea that living on the farm would be fun. Uh, and Linda Mason decide. No, sorry, L- Lila Dixon decides to go with Ted Hanover. Uh, at the beginning. So Jim Hardy leaves for Connecticut and discovers that working on a farm is not all that much fun. It's like even more work than show business. Hmm. So then he comes back to talk to Ted Hanover and Lila and says, you know, I've actually got a better idea, which is I'm going to turn it into an inn and we're only going to be open on holidays. So that's why it's called Holiday Inn. And so through a kind of a chance meeting, Linda Mason uh, ends up 
heading up to Holiday Inn and is kind of the first uh, person that is going to be one of the acts in Jim's shows for these different holidays. And then they kind of they kind of fall in love um, as they're working together. And they have a really that that white Christmas scene at the piano when they're first together was really really good. Say, I came out here for a job. Could you use me? Well, I might find a spot for you in my first show. What can you do? I sing a little and dance. Couldn't guarantee any salary at first. Uh, right now, I've got the ledger in an iron lung. I don't care if you pay off an egg. Just give me a chance. Well, let's see what you can do. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You know, I've written special music for each holiday. This sort of gives me a chance to keep a little promise I made to myself. I said I was going to sing this song at the end tonight. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow I love that version of the song with the two of them. Yeah, no kidding. So, yes. With every Christmas card I write May your days be merry and bright And may all but I mean the I mean the the plot is basically that Jim Hardy and Ted Hanover continue to like fight over these these women. So at the beginning it's Lila Dixon, and kind of through the rest of the movie it's Linda Mason. And I <laughs> I don't know what like how are they still friends. <laughs> <laughs> very understanding. I mean, it's very, like very. I can't imagine if like you'd come in and like stole somebody's fiance from them at the last minute. That would go over too well. Like I don't know why you'd still want to be friends with that person. But they are. They are. Well, it adds to the story. And um, did did you enjoy the fact that uh, they kept running that? Uh, they kept driving into that water. Oh yeah, that was great. And the guy so, that, that played like, the the uh, taxi cab driver was awesome. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to think who that is. That is. Irving Bacon as Gus. Oh gosh, I need John here to. He knows. He knows all these names and faces. I think it was. I, but, I don't. Know. But he was funny. He he. Yeah, that was him, Irving Irving Bacon. Uh, but he, they start off with only horse, horses and, and sleighs and, and, and wagons, and by the end of the movie, he's got a car. But it was, there, was a, there was a funny scene where Bing Crosby says to, to him, I'll give you a tip about these things, Gus. They'll go up and back, but not sideways. Yeah, well, I keep forgetting this blame king can't see where it's going. Yeah, we'll unload the rest of this stuff in the back. Huh? Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha 
<laughs> and he says, well, I can't, I keep forgetting that it can't see where it's going. You know, like a horse would kind of. Yes. <laughs> it is, after all, a car. Yeah, Bing. exactly. Oh, man. Well, um, it's a, it's an enjoyable movie. I love the scenes, except for the one that we talked about, the Abraham segment. And it all turns out in the end. Um, yeah, so let's talk about uh, Louise Beaver just a little. Beaver's just a little bit more. So yeah, um, so she was in a ton of movies, but she always played sort of the help, kind of exactly the role that she plays in in this in this movie. But there was one movie, Imitation of Life, I think it was called. Oh, and it was it was right. it was yeah. a film that offered a role for a black person that was you know really meaningful, had a lot of substance and humanity, and. It would have been an opportunity for they were the article I was reading was like this was an opportunity maybe for um, black actors to be able to take on more roles like that and it actually triggered a pretty major controversy and and complaints and compliments both uh, about her role in that movie and and really they kind of went back to just having her be in a more secondary role in in future films but. I thought her her life would have been interesting. Would be interesting for a, like a biopic of of like the different movies that she was in and how she had this one opportunity to play this really important role. And then I thought, what year? Nineteen thirty. What year was Nineteen thirty four. And I thought that'd be an interesting movie to watch. Imitation of Life. Wow, we should add that to our list. It, it's so rare in in these films that we watch from the thirties, forties, and fifties. To see uh, black actors in meaningful roles, as as it turned out, I just watched this morning uh, Showboat, the original version, and uh, it has some a very good music in it, and and a wonderful part played by a black actor. Uh, but you know Humphrey Bogart, in his films, was one of the few people where you'd see a black actor in a more meaningful role. I remember, I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's a war movie. He's a tank commander, and they're in the desert. And uh, I guess my point is that they look back on that, and it's like, what a different... I mean, I look at some of the movies that I see, and, and everybody in the in the place looks like the same age, the same ethnic background, and, and mostly male. Yeah, well, it's, I think it's still a complaint. It's really it's still changed. A, well, ha, in some ways, in and, some and, ways, and yet it's, it's it hasn't. Yeah, you know, um, but very I, philosophical. Right? Yeah, we are getting philosophical. Uh, but I, to get a little bit less philosophical, I thought the two pe- kids that played her children in the movie were so adorable. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if they went on to be in movies later. I, I don't know, I, I but they were super super cute. Oh, Mamie. Is your name's Mamie? No. Get back in the kitchen. My, my, what's happened? Oh, we had a little accident. Mamie, this is Miss Linda Mason. How do you do? Pleased to know you, Miss Linda. And these are her children. There's Daphne and there's Vanderbilt. How do you do? Mamie, will you take Miss Mason up into the guest room and change her into anything that'll fit her while we get her clothes dry, huh? Sure thing, Mr. Jimmy. Come on, honey. I'll see about getting a fire ready in the living room. Is your name's Miss Linda? No. 
but yeah, it was a it was a fun movie to watch. I enjoyed it. I, um, I would have preferred not to have that one uh, number in the middle, but uh, I liked I liked kind of how it ended. I thought uh, Marjorie Reynolds did a really good job, and I loved her character. And I thought that she had a great scene where she talked about how she, she had the opportunity to decide whether she wanted to go to Hollywood or not, kind of taken away from her by Jim. Well, Jim, you deliberately kept me from working at the inn tonight, didn't you? Yeah. You knew there would be men here from Hollywood who might offer me a chance in pictures. You decided I shouldn't have that opportunity. Not even the opportunity to refuse. I was afraid the offer might be too important for you to turn down. The point is you don't trust me to make my own decisions because they might interfere with your own selfish plans. I've had about enough of that, Jim. And I thought, man, that was that was a perfect summation of what of everything that was wrong with how Jim and Ted were acting. Like they just acted like whatever they wanted was what should happen. And they didn't really give Linda or Lila any uh, opportunity to like have a say in it. So I loved, I loved that, that little speech that she had. So what was your rating of the film? I'd give it a eight, I think because of the, some of the things we talked about, I don't think it quite gets to a nine. And I thought the plot device of the two of them, uh, just fighting over the same women was a little bit thin. <laughs> and and then I kept comparing it to White Christmas, and I just thought, man, White Christmas was so awesome and so so amazing, and uh, this doesn't rise to that level. But it was better than, than like, last week's, I think we gave it, a, or last episode's, we gave it that movie a seven. Uh, yeah, that's where I landed. I, I, I landed on seven myself. I, I wanted to backtrack for a minute. I, I did a disservice, and I, I forgot at the time. I mentioned Showboat that I watched earlier today mm-hmm. and one of the wonderful uh, actors in it, Paul Robeson. Paul Robeson was the actor, and I forgot to mention his name. Showboat's from 1936. Anyway, I gave this film a seven, and I think I was really influenced by the the, the scenes that we talked about that move the rating down. It's hard. It's hard to ever be upset with Irving Berlin music. That's for sure, or the work of Fred Astaire and Bing Crosby. But yeah, the parts that were bad were like really bad, and the parts that were good were really good. <laughs> so yeah, so, so yeah, and, and I, I, I like you. I did a side by side in my head between Holiday Inn and White Christmas, and yeah, maybe that's not fair because they were made what. 12 years apart an entirely different time yeah and i, and I think you know we kind of have this uh, movie set up as our sort of our holiday special and i think that's appropriate but uh it's definitely not like as much of a holiday or christmas movie as white christmas was um so it didn't uh, yeah i think it, it suffered from the comparison with white christmas <laughs> yeah i did well you know um I would love to have been on in the, on the soundstage that day when Fred Astaire was doing that dance routine with all those poppers. Oh my gosh! I, oh, yeah. I wonder if that was done in one one take. That was so cool, and he was smoking <laughs> well, a cigarette the whole time too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gee whiz! So, so uh, yeah, next epi- that's our review. Next episode, we're going to talk about stormy weather, which uh, I think is going to be super interesting. Nineteen forty-three, and I believe it has. 12 or 15 songs in it. Oh, that's awesome. It's a wonderful musical. And uh, I th- I enjoy... I've... It's going to be like a cavalcade of amazing talent <laughs> from that era. So. so that's our next one. And uh, I'm looking forward to it.
I've even found it. Same. It's I, not an easy one to find. No, but it's it's out there. It's available if you look hard enough. Um, yeah. So that was uh, Holiday Inn, and uh, Happy Holidays, Dad. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to the family. Yeah. Happy anniversary. You had your 25th anniversary yesterday. Yeah, thanks. Congratulations on on 25 wonderful years. Thanks. And all the kids, they're doing well. Yeah, everybody's home for the the holiday break. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Good. All right. Well, I love you. Love you. And for every Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. And for everybody listening out there, it's the same. Thanks for listening. And uh, we're headed into 2019, so it should be another good year of classic movies. And so far, we've done 110 reviews. Yeah, that's awesome. It seems like only yesterday when we did Stagecoach. If you want to, if you want to, uh, yeah, if you want to have some fun, go back and listen to that first episode. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing it on an old Victrola yeah, almost <laughs> so well uh, anyway anyway well that was uh, that's it and uh, coming to you from North Bend this is this is Matt and Bob Johnson in uh, Los Angeles wishing all of you a very happy holidays and happy movie watching here she comes down the street I'll admit my defeat I've won my hot toddy Over my scarred body I knew that I'd win singing But wait until she gets a load of your dancing We'll stay at the inn singing All by myself I'll have to stick to my dancing I'm here to end your dancing trouble and strife. Oh, this will be fun. Miss Hit and Run has come back into my life. We'll stay at the end. have to begin singing, dancing. Weave each other to cling to. You'll be easy to sing to And you're easy to dance with So let the old year die With a fun goodbye 